T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. I'll continue saying this. I would spend my money on offensive line and I would draft defensive line. That's just my thinking, from my experience, my philosophy. Mullion Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, that is exactly what uh, what we heard from Dave Wanstead. Um, and, and that is a tried and true methodology that's what they did uh when dave was in dallas chicago wherever you, you you know and and it's i don't know why maybe just the the nature of an offensive line you know those guys tend to be uh really good teammates and guys that are used to playing together and they bond in that fashion and it's uh, kind of a uh, an amoeba type situation where all these uh, where where you work as a single cell organism, even though there are uh, obviously five different guys, but the offensive line has got to gel as one, and guys are willing to do that. With defensive players, it is about kind of individual achievement, mm-hmm. and it's it's you got to get to the quarterback. They run games and stunts. Don't get me wrong, but it's more about dominating the guy in front of you and trying to to win on a particular It's play. a tried and true approach, absolutely, and it is part of the offseason maybe plan for the Bears, which is coming into focus now that we have some dates on the calendar. Yesterday was the first day that teams could use the franchise tag on players. Nobody has done that yet. They've got two weeks to make that determination and do it if they if they choose. Also, we learned yesterday that we'll hear from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus next Tuesday in Indianapolis. They will speak to the media. That's always, as you know, Mully, a convention for NFL media, a great opportunity not only to see and hear what the Bears have to say about what they plan to do and drop hints here or there about guys that they like and maybe don't like, but other teams other coaches, other plans that might affect yours. And let's face it, every other team's plans affect yours this offseason because the Bears drafting where they draft, having as much money to spend as they do. And so next week at the NFL Combine begins this this process. If you think there are a lot of rumors out there now, just wait. Yeah, and and listen, um, just wait. That That is uh... – that is the kind of it's got to be the motif of the draft, right? The 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 Bears need to wait. The Bears need to create 
uncertainty about what they're going to do. If the Bears are going to max out, you know, you talk to different people around the league, and the feeling is that there is yet to become any sort of uniformity quarterback think. That the feeling is that different teams like different quarterbacks. Bad for the Bears. You want one guy as an established quarterback that's going to go number one overall, and you want teams, not one team, but teams that want that player. And that could happen. Maybe that happens as the process continues. You know, certainly we've see, we see what happens on uh, at drafts all the time. So once you get to the combine, once you get through that sort of thing and you get the measurements and all that, the health, um, then you'll have a better way of figuring it out. And then the individual workouts become essential. But, like, it's, it's interesting to me that if people believe there isn't one defined number one pick, maybe, maybe there is. Maybe Bryce Young is that guy. But at this point, that's not established yet. So if different teams are looking for different things, that makes it harder to get the King's ransom you're after for that number one pick, which is why, and again, we, we know that uh, Justin Fields said that the general manager is going to keep in touch with him. But it might be why you don't mind the indication that, oh, they're thinking about trading Justin Fields. Maybe the Bears sit there and take a – whether that's real or not, the idea that people would believe it could increase the value of the pick. Perhaps. I know why that exists. I think it's a little bit overstated only because I just don't know that there's teams out there that if you're bluffing, they're going to know it, Right. Don't you think they're going to know that yeah, at this something. point in time? I, Would you not want to sit down and play some poker with uh, with uh, Mr. Ursay of the uh, of the uh, Indianapolis Colts? Wouldn't you enjoy that? Well, yeah, because he has already tipped a hand, and they like the Alabama kid, and they are you know Chris Ballard, who's a more seasoned executive in making <laughs> deals. He kind of said that they are you know fixated on a quarterback. He said that earlier in the off season. That, to me, is the most likely trade partner. And I think Bryce Young is the guy that's going to emerge from this pack because you already are hearing guys like Mike Tannenbaum, the former executive on ESPN, say that you know over the next five years, Bryce Young will be better than Justin Fields. Maybe, maybe. But I think if you're the Bears, that you know th- that maybe leads to some other rhetoric about trading Justin Fields and and you know keeping the pick and or whatever the case may be. I, I just don't know if it's anything more than wasted breath because I think if you're the Bears mentally that you have arrived at the conclusion that he is the guy you're going to build around and you're going to use that pick and auction it off to get more bodies, more picks in the top 50, more another first rounder next year, and that's the, that's going to be your path to the playoffs. Not trading your quarterback and hitting reset yet again. Yeah, and I'm not discounting any of that. I'm just saying um, they've got to maximize whatever they can get out of this pick, period, end of story. They've got to. And and it's a pity, you know, next year I think that it would be a different situation in terms of the way the number one pick is perceived. There's still some question marks. It's still a very valuable pick. I I would like to see them – trade it, and still get one of the two premier defensive players. But of course. If, if pushed, David, mm-hmm. I would prefer them to just trade it and get a second-tier defensive player along with more picks. That's I think I think trading it and accumulating uh, 
draft picks so you get bodies in into your uh, organization on your roster and depth chart that can make an impact is what would be the desired outcome of having that number one pick. More so than even getting the, the top player that you like on the defensive board? Well, I, if that's the only deal you have to make, because if you're going to stay at one to get that defensive player, I would not recommend that. No. I, no, no I, think, I agree. I think that you're more – likely to increase your strike ratio and, and percentage if you have multiple picks, and that's why you want to move down. So it's going to be uh, over the next couple of weeks, we'll hear some more because of the combine. Over the next two months, we're going to go back and forth in terms of the speculation about trading Justin Fields. It's already the you know hot topic on all of the you know national shows because of the Bears drafting first overall, as is the speculation over about what teams will do with the franchise tag label and weapon it's a tool that a lot of teams use I use it as a weapon because players don't like to see it come in their way Molly we talked at this pick six about a question David Montgomery yeah who is set to be a free agent and during the take the north podcast that dropped yesterday Dan Wiederer suggested that he had talked to some people throughout the league that wondered to him about what they had heard about the possibility about the Bears using the franchise tag on David Montgomery that would be about $10 million, which yeah. I think would be unnecessary. Well, it's a lot cheaper than if you wanted to make a quarterback a franchise pick, right? I mean, I'm just saying that the, the, the value of the position is – just to explain the background to people, the value of the position has decreased to the point where it's only $10 million for the top five running back – average salary of the top five running backs in the NFL. So that's, that's why – you would contemplate it. But I think the value of the position has decreased to the point where you can find there's a glut of guys going into the free agent market. There are a lot of different options at the uh, running back position, as you say. You know, one of them would be Saquon Barkley, depending on what New York does. You would think that they've got a decision. They're going to have to franchise someone. Do they want to franchise the quarterback? I don't know that I'd franchise him. Do they want to franchise the running back? Again, that might be worth it for them for a one-year deal, right? Um, but it's it's hard. It's hard to figure out how how much you're willing to pay at that position. The Bears have nothing but money. It would be a way to solve a problem or kick the can down the road, whatever way you want to term it, and get another year out of it. I wouldn't – I would never contemplate doing that just because I think you can get – you know, what uh, – Pancheco was a influential player in the Super Bowl, and what was his contract? Isaiah Pacheco was a seventh rounder. So he's like out of Rutgers, three hundred and twenty-five thousand dollars a NFL minimum, a pittance, and nothing. Yeah. So why would you pay? You know, well, I think say it's five hundred thousand. Well, I why think there's somewhere in between, though. I think times I, that. there's somewhere in the middle because I don't think that you necessarily abandon the, the any commitment to having an established running back by taking your chance of drafting a rookie and hitting on a late-round pick who you're not going to have to pay to come through and be explosive. And I don't know that you overpay David Montgomery because he means so much to your culture or because he's been such a good bear and you're going to overpay him $10 million a year. I think that I think there would be room for middle ground and negotiating a, a contract that would be more you know, in the $7 million a year range. That could make sense if you're – going to value his contributions 
not only in the past, but what he could contribute moving forward. You're getting a proven guy that means a lot, but I don't know that I would, I don't know that I would do that for one year at 10 million per because of other needs that you have, and there's just no reason to have to do that. You could get better in the free agent market, perhaps. Well, I, if I'm, you're going to spend that kind of money, yeah, I would never. I, I'm not. I'm. I would never do that. Okay, but you asked why you would do it. Why right. you know we're talking about why they would contemplate or why people think that. I think it's just a it's it's a quick, short move where you're bringing back what the power of the team was, which is their running game. That's true. See, that's the other aspect. He, you're keeping a strength a strength. Yeah, and you would be doing that. I just think there's a more economical way to do that. Well, I think you can get better in a in a more economical fashion. Well, it, mi- it might be more fun. costly. But you mentioned Barkley, and if the Giants, because of this franchise tag conversation that we had yesterday, and it continues until they decide what to do in New York, if Saquon Barkley is on the open market, I do think that the Bears need to explore every possibility about his what he's thinking, about whether or not he fits in Chicago, what he would demand contract-wise, what is, what is he looking to earn per season. I know he's got some injury issues. But I do also think that the explosive potential of him in the backfield is too too tantalizing to not consider. Yeah, I mean, look, you you want to spend some money, go get the get get the left tackle. Hope that Orlando Brown is on the free agent market and sign that guy. You, you know, you you were in Kansas City when they brought him in. You know how good he is. He made a Pro Bowl last year while playing on a franchise tag. That's what you got to do. You know, as Dave says, um, go out and spend money on your offensive line. And 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 let me tell you something. We talked about this yesterday too. If you sign a guy like Orlando Brown, he's your left tackle. You're not worried about what your fifth or sixth round. Not at all. Thinks. That's that, your that's left silly. tackle. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then you you move guys around and you figure out who's where. And and you know when you start talking about guards and centers, remember what Tony Wise said. Those are guys that failed at the tackle position because <laughs> that's the position. So go get somebody to play that position. That'll make everyone around him better. It'll make your team better. It'll make the quarterback better. It'll make your running game better. And one of the positions that they want to improve, obviously, is the wide receiver role. And we feel like Ryan Poles explained it this way. They got ahead of that by going out and making a trade with the Steelers for Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool was in the news again Yesterday, because Heinz Ward, former Steeler, respected former, guy. like my favorite player in the entire NFL for a few seasons. Molly's favorite guy. I loved that guy. He did. Hard as nails. They had to change the rules because he used to clean guys out so badly. He was one of those guys that could get it done, catching the ball and also blocking. He was one of those guys who could yeah. was all around. Anyway, Heinz Ward, highly respected football guy, was on – chat sports podcast and he had this to say about chase claypool's time in pittsburgh you know just from the outside looking in uh very talented chase i mean his size alone the speed his catch radius and his athleticism you just like man you just just open your mouth like wow like this kid has all the all everything that you want in the wide receiver um sometimes i think with chase um, it became more about Chase and less about the team. You know, I've always 
believe that, you know, the team comes first before into any individual accolades or anything like that. And I think there's a little more of maturity uh, level on his part. He needs to grow up a little bit. Uh, but I, I understand. I, I love receivers that want the ball. I don't I don't want a receiver that don't want the ball, but you have to do it in the confinements of the aspect of the team. You know, it's about the team first. And if you just keep working on your craft, you'll eventually get better. So uh, things didn't work out in, in, in Pittsburgh, uh, but he's still a, a talented wide receiver. And, you know, um, hopefully with Justin Fields, who's a Georgia boy, uh, man, I'm looking uh, for big things out of Chase to be able to help him and his development and give him that playmaker that he needs on the outside for the Bears. Oh, God. I'm telling you right now, we should get Heinz Ward on as a regular. I mean, that's how much I love that guy. <laughs> and he's right about everything he said. Let me tell you something. If Chase Claypool had any Heinz Ward to him, he'd be a, a, a Pro Bowl player because he's got exactly what he said. He's got the height, got the size, he's got the hands. He he's can, explosive. He can do all this stuff. Yeah. But, but Heinz Ward was just a tough-as-nails competitor. You don't like it because, number one, he's as respected as he is making this kind of assessment of Chase Claypool. So it does carry more weight than somebody who hasn't been in that situation, who doesn't know what it takes as as much as he does. Also, because it's not the first time we've heard this about Chase Claypool. He's got a lot to prove next year. He's got a lot of pressure on him. He's going to come back, and the expectations are going to be outsized. I don't know that he can meet them. We'll find out because there's an expectation that he is also trouble and a guy who is going to drift attitude-wise if he doesn't get his way, if he doesn't get the ball. That's a bad reputation and a hard one to shed. It'll be interesting to see you know, what he turns into and how they do with him. And, and you know, He's heading into a contract year, and I'm very curious to see if we – see the best out of him as a result I know that you know it's a difficult situation because the pick that they traded for him wound up being 32nd which is effectively a first round pick right it's the there's only 31 first round picks the Bears second round pick will be the first of the second round is a hugely valuable pick since Tampa has no uh, first round pick this year for messing around or not not Tampa excuse me Miami yeah lost the pick for messing around with uh with Tom Brady who was at Tampa and um I I I just wonder in retrospect if if you would make that decision right now it at the time it kind of made sense cuz you thought well they need help and they need to get better it just didn't it didn't translate onto the field and with an off season with a chance to get involved in everything they're doing with hopefully a different style of play out of the Bears next year and, and, you know, concentrating on the quarterback improving as a thrower, I'm hoping that they still get something out of Chase Claypool. But I, I do wonder if they'll ever get the value of a late first-round draft pick. I will keep an open mind yeah. about that trade. Yeah, I agree. I will wait to see because he can still rectify a lot of things yeah. and, and make it a good deal. But I think in retrospect, if you're answering, if you're asking that question, would they do it again? No way. No, not a chance. Not and, a and, chance. But the thing is, what you got to remember, and we talk about it a lot, you make thousands of decisions. You're going to make a bad decision. You don't hold anyone responsible for their worst decision or their best decision unless you missed on Patrick Mahomes.
Okay, so we're <laughs> we're going to bring in Scott Merkin. I want to talk about some of this White Sox stuff. I'm very curious. Scott wrote a story about Oscar Colas. What is he? Where is he? Is there? Is, why? Why does he have to earn this position? Is, and why is, is he, he wearing number seventy six? Yeah, we'll get into all of it. It's Mully and Hall on the score. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odyssey podcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. I saw that uh, in social media and the news. Uh, I, I, I knew that I would have a good chance to uh, to have this opportunity uh, because I was working for that and you know during the time that I was in Dominican Republic I really put a lot of work uh, to get to this point and it wasn't a surprise but uh, you know I, I knew this time would come. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 670 the score that is White Sox translator Billy Russo representing Oscar Colas in that particular moment. Always good to hear from uh, a future superstar. No, well, maybe a starter. Is that what we're satisfied with? With Colas? Yeah. You could say future star. Super rookie of the year. I think that you could say future all-star. Okay. Yeah. Set the expectations high. All right. All right. I'll I'll do it. If you insist, I will do it. Uh, We are delighted to welcome in Scott Merkin. He, of course... Is the uh, is the smart one, the uh, the intelligent one, if you will, the handsome of the Dancing Merkin brothers. There's uh, there's plenty of choices, but Scott always leads the pack, and we are delighted to welcome him uh, to uh, to the score. All guests appear on the score hotline presented to you by Soda Weight Loss. Visit sodaweightloss.com. That's S O T A. Scott, good morning. How are you? 
I'm doing well, but since all three of us, all three of the Merkins are now plus 50 years old, we dropped the dancing from our act now. It's, it's, it's more just kind of moving slowly and adjusting to the pain as we're on stage at this point. Well, I mean, can one dance without moving one's feet? That would be the yes, question. But that is there's true. nothing that is wrong true. with be... getting a little groove going and kind of shaking your arms and let your uh, let everything but your feet dance. It, you know, it's it's your own it's your own expressive style on that, right? So there you go. <laughs> So, Mark, how's it going out there in Arizona at Camelback Ranch? Because obviously we know how camp started. We know what the White Sox would like not to talk about. The Mike Clevenger issue still kind of hangs over things, but they have moved on trying to get a lot of work done. How would you describe that as a backdrop and the progress being made? I'd say, first of all, it's uh, it's colder than I remember in Arizona. You know, compared to the mild winter we had in Chicago, I don't want to jinx you guys back there, but it was pretty mild. It's been, you know, I think it's supposed to be 55 today. It's, it's as Arizona goes, it's been a little colder, but usually once the games get going, it gets to be in the 75 to 80 degree days. You know, it's very uh, kind of workmanlike, very intense. Uh, intense in that I, I think they have, you know, there's no wasted time. And, yet, you know, people have asked me kind of on social media when I post, we post, you know, our pictures of BP and we post our pictures of them doing uh you know, uh, defensive drills and sliding drills. Did that happen last year? Well, of course it happened last year. I mean, they didn't, you know, they didn't come last year to camp and sit in the clubhouse and smoke cigars and drink wine. You know, they worked hard last year too. Obviously it was a different kind of year the last couple of years with first COVID restrictions and then, uh, you know, the lockout. So that changes things around a little bit. That changes the structure. But, uh, you know, it's a new guy in charge. It's a new staff in charge and they're, imparting you know they've used the word culture a lot and they're imparting their culture on what they want done and basically they you know want hard work for a set amount of time and then as Pedro Rafael said you know go home to your families and enjoy life but when you're there you're working hard and that's what they've done so far so you know everyone's here it's the, the camp just really began in full force on Monday so we'll see how it goes once games begin on Saturday against San Diego. Uh, I enjoyed your writing on Oscar Colas, and I, I'm very much uh, excited to see what he looks like in uh, in right field. I said to David this morning, I am surprised that he is considered in competition for a position because I've never really felt like Gavin Sheets was a right fielder. I know they played right field, but it was more trying to get the bat in the lineup, trying to get some lefty in the lineup, and now you got a left-handed guy in Colas and I and he's got the you know he was supposed to be a Cuban Otani and and so he's got a strong arm um what does he look like I mean he's locked in right it it, it he seems fairly focused and and everything you hear from him you kind of like hearing yeah I talked to Oscar in December as well with the assistance of the great Billy Russo and uh he had that same attitude even then you know he's been hitting all off season he's worked a lot with Luis Roberts who he said is kind of like a brother to him. It's like, he's like part of the family. They live, Luis lives in Weston. And I believe Oscar lives pretty close to him in Florida. So they not only work together, but they hung out a little bit together. So Luis has already helped him kind of put that assimilation to the next level. And then he also worked with Mike Tozar, who is that, I believe his title is the major league field coordinator for the White Sox. And, uh, you know, the, the hitting coaches. And I think, I believe Pedro Grifol stopped over. This is all in Miami. So Colas is not coming in you know, cold on this. And I, I get, you know, what Pedro suggested. And of course, I, you know, I mean, I don't think Colas can just lace up his cleats and, you know, go out there and take some fly balls and go over five every day and strike out four times. And they're going to give him the starting job and right. 
I mean, spring training numbers don't mean a whole heck of a lot, so I think they're looking more at the process. But I, I would say it's going to take a decent amount to knock him out of the starting right field job. You know, Gavin Sheets, both Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn deserve a great deal of credit. You know, they're not outfielders, and they've worked diligently over the last couple of years pregame, during spring training, you know, Andrew was thrown into the role with basically like four days left in his first spring training to, you know, to play the outfield. And, you know, that they are they gold glovers? No, but have they, you know, I think Gavin has made a lot of progress in the outfield. And I think he's kind of a, you know, an outside candidate out there, although he's more probably first base DH. He's, he's got a great left-handed power bat. But and that's a ramble a little bit here. But I think, you know, Colas, in my mind, is the starting right fielder for the White Sox right now. Now, again, my mind doesn't really matter much to the White Sox, but – I really do believe that he's, you know, he's going to have to kind of show he doesn't belong in order to not break camp with the team. Mark, what is the Sox's contingency plan for the fifth starter role? And because Clevenger's status is uncertain, and is there any unspoken expectation when this investigation will be complete and they'll have more clarity? The second part is, you know, from what I've been told, no, that's it's, it's, you know, it's all in Major League Baseball hands at this point. Back to your first part, I mean, I think Davis Martin, you know, is the guy. He's the guy who came on strong last year. His numbers were a little bit skewed because he had, a, you know, let's face it, an awful start in the last game of the year at home against Minnesota where he gave up like nine runs in an inning and a third. Otherwise, he was, you know, a pretty serviceable starter for the White Sox for a guy who kind of, I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but wasn't at big league camp even to start the spring training because of the lockout. They didn't want to disrupt his flow already being part of minor league camp. So, I think he's in there. They have a young pitcher named Sean Burke, who's, I believe, MLB Pipeline's number nine White Sox prospect, who's a guy who could jump up there. They've mentioned Matthew Thompson, who's from draft a couple of draft classes ago, who could move up there. So they have a couple uh, six-year free agents who are you know in the minors down there who they could add in. I, I should say minor league free agents who they brought in, veteran guys that they brought in. But I think it would you know the first couple guys who would get a chance would be certainly Davis Martin, and then after that. Um, you know, probably Sean Burke, if he, you know, he, he probably needs a little more work in the minors, but they do have, you know, some guys they can go to down there if, if need be. Uh, Scott, when we think about uh, the utility man role, uh, we heard Rick Hahn talk about, uh, I think he said, I, I don't think he said it, but he said someone called it Ben Zobrist about the right. role that, uh, that you could see from Romy Gonzalez. Um, and then you get to thinking like, well, if he's that if he's that super utility man, then what is Leary Garcia? And would you right. conceivably have two uh, super utility guys on your roster when you know there are other options and other you know we keep hearing about you know speed's going to be very important is you know and I'm not projecting this, but Billy Hamilton in competition for a roster spot is uh, uh, Marisnik. Uh, a, a backup outfielder. Are they going to do something in terms of like Jake Berger? You, you, the idea of keeping two super utility guys might be redundant. Yeah, you could throw in another name too, Victor Reyes, who came over from. Uh, right. He was a free agent, you know, non-roster invite from played for the Tigers, switch hitter, guy who's you know primarily a corner outfielder, but could play a little bit of center field. You know, I, I don't know if they're looking for, per se, a backup center fielder. Leary Garcia has played quite a bit of center field in his career. But, you know, I think the, the plan is that Luis Robert, you know, they want him. They, they don't want to have to worry about a backup center fielder because they want Robert to be out there as much as possible, healthy, contributing, and, you know, uh, showing that kind of five-tool MVP type status. But I, I think 
you know, basically, I think what they're saying is, aside from maybe the core guys, which is what eight to ten guys or whatever, you know, maybe it's even more than that. But there's, there's, you know, nothing is given, nothing is granted. The spring training, work hard, don't assume anything, whether you're the favorite or whether you're the underdog, and see what happens. Now, Leary is still owed what eleven million right. over the next two years, right? So that may come into play at least at the season's outset. They may want Romy Gonzalez, who's Great kid, hard worker, very talented. People I've talked to who've worked with him, both players and coaches, have said, you know, his bat is going to play big time at the major league level. They may want him to start at Charlotte and get more time playing the corner outfield spots. The guy, the guy's played everything but first base, I believe, center field and catcher, and he was their emergency catcher at points last year too. So he can really do it all. But they may want him to get a little more experience, you know, playing regularly. In, in the outfield, you know, all over the place in Charlotte. And that could be, you know, that could be how the season starts. But he's certainly in, in play. And Lenin Sosa is another guy who, you know, again, will need the, the time in Charlotte, but could also help at some point. So I think all options are there. But I think that's the biggest message is, you know, unless you're on the team, don't assume anything. And even if you're on the team, work your butt off for the time we're out here and, and get ready for the season. Quickly, Mark. Elvis Andrews has played 14 years at shortstop. Right. Did he have to be talked into the idea of playing second base? No, it doesn't sound like it. It sounds like the Sox wanted him back basically shortly after he started playing for him last year. He wanted to come back. You know, he went through his first free agent process. You know, he said he was, I can relate to this, he was a bit neurotic about, you know, wanting to find something right away. But he did find something. And he did say that, you know, playing the shift, as you did the last couple of years, he felt like he turned some double plays from that second base spot. So, He's familiar with the position and kind of ready to go and excited to get going. Great stuff, Scott. Thanks a ton. We appreciate it, bud. Thanks, Scott. Okay, guys. Take care. That is Scott Merkin. He is uh, one of the more famous of the Merkin brothers. Good report from Sox camp where all is well except for that, you know, investigation thing. But other than that, things seem to be going pretty uh, much in the right direction. <laughs> other than, I just, yeah, don't mention the war. I mentioned it once, but. Got away with it. Uh, yeah, the, the, you know, the Southsiders are trying to, um, they're trying to call last year an anomaly. And they're trying to say that uh, they're going to double down on everything they have and they're going to be better by being back to not injured and hopefully playing at a higher level. And what is a reasonable goal for the Sox and the Cubs? MLB.com has an interesting story out. We'll talk about it next. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 the score. It's hard for me to come in with any other expectations of only reason I'm here is to win. I think that's – we've got a lot of guys in the room that have been a part of special moments like that, and, and it's easy to see that's what they're all about, too. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-70 the score. And that is David Ross talking about uh, – expectations for the Chicago Cubs. You mentioned it going to the break, David. We've got uh, some expectations. We should let you know that uh, Cubs Spring Training on the Score is sponsored by Sloan, official water efficiency partner of the Chicago Cubs. We know Pakoda uses all kinds of analytics Mm -hmm. and, you know, research and actual facts to, to put in a computer and spit out the projections. Cubs projected 77 victories. The White Sox, 79, as we heard. Uh, updated the Elvis Andrews bounce. They are now a 79 win team projected by Pakota. But I think MLB.com takes a little more humanistic approach, a little bit more like we're looking at it. Like, what does your gut say? What do your eyes tell you? 
and they have a story that is on MLB.com, one big but reasonable goal for each team. Cubs, as we heard from David Ross. Cubs, who spent $300 million on new talent, more free agents than any team in baseball. Cubs, get back to 500. Says it seems ambitious for the Cubs to get back to the playoffs, though you can squint and see it if you try. Third place in the division is the floor here, and they could go even higher if everything falls right. Yeah, I, I mean, is that is that wrong to think of it that way? Do you think? Um, no, I like that. Yeah. I, I, th- I like that because I do think it's realistic. I don't think it's impossible. And if they hit on a lot of these guys and the backs of the baseball cards are what they produce in 2023, they will be – in the mix for a for a wild card spot. They'll be third in the central, maybe second flirting with respectability. They're going to keep things interesting all season long. I think they're going to avoid the conversation of should we be sellers at the deadline. That's going to be something we avoid. Thankfully, it's about time. Yeah, I I, I agree with you. I think the Cubs have uh, – they've got a, a very interesting team and I'll be very curious to see how it all comes together. There's a lot of, you know, you, you heard uh, Ross talk about it before. There are guys that, that have had success elsewhere, et cetera. But, you know, there's a lot of kind of one-year, look, you know, try, see what you can do type Prove it deals. deals. Prove it deals. Thank C- you. Cody Bellinger. Yes. And you look at Hosmer. You yes. look at a lot of guys, maybe the bullpen by definition is it's, a year-to-year proposition. Yes. So I like that they have something to prove. And, and fr- frankly, you got to look at Nico Horner and Ian Happ in that context, I think, because those are guys playing for something in terms of trying to achieve a level of security they don't have right now contractually. So I think that's an interesting way to look at the Cubs season. Molly, the White Sox, according to MLB.com, one big but reasonable goal. Stay the course and see what happens. There was just a little too much going on last year on the south side. The goal for the White Sox is to keep people healthy, have a straightforward strategy, and hope their talent can carry them. There are worse bets. There really is a lot of talent here, comma, still. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you, though. I I mean, look. I I am in prove-it mode for the entire White Sox organization. I agree. In 2023. Um. The White Sox were on a certain trajectory, and then they hired Tony Larusa, and then we came to this conclusion that that was the problem. And now Tony's gone. You got Pedro Grafol here, and every time I've heard him talk, he talks about how you never knew what you were getting from the White Sox. They were two different teams, and the one kind of cared, and the other team didn't care. And that was from a, a guy looking at them from uh, from a, a different dugout. Now he is in charge of it, and his job is to make him care all the time. And uh, and we seem to feel that 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 the missing piece was just getting rid of Tony Larue. Well, that's the conclusion. And then you know <laughs> camp opens, and you got the whole circus coming to town, it's, and the ridiculous thing with it, Clevenger. And and you have to wonder, was that Tony's fault too? Well, I think that you look at, and I mentioned this last week, remarkably the White Sox parted company with Tony Labrusa, and at what point last week became more unpopular and unlikable than they were when he was here. Yeah. That that takes some doing. Yeah. That's a t- that's tough to do. So I think that, you know, again, with the White Sox last year, high expectations, but 
Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. I'm not buying into much this year, White Sox-wise, until proven otherwise. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'll, will I be watching? Yes. Do I, do I still like the White Sox? I like him more now that Elvis Andrews is back. Well, he's fun. Yeah. He's, but, he's, but I'm still it, kind of confused by a lot of different things with the team and it, not sure why different things were said uh, about going out, making deals, all that stuff. I mean, I have my theories on it that uh, had the closer not going down with cancer. Maybe that was what they were thinking, but um, it, it didn't make a lot of sense. I, you know, the Andrew Bianatendi thing surprised me. I didn't see that coming. I didn't, didn't see know. that one coming at all. Yeah, yeah. so that that and, should conceivably make them better. And there is talent there. And they, they won 81 games when they should have won about 91 games. So at least does does that mean that they're back and they're going to win? These I don't know. Games? That was an eighty-one win team with they're, a ninety-five win roster, and they're better though. They're better, presumably, than they were a year ago. If they're healthier, well, that's not, if th- they that, stay healthy. That, that is the great mystery. That's the great mystery because uh, how, of the track record. How healthy will they be? How motivated will they be? How able to uh, meet? You know, I think about all of the young Sox players. And then rattle off the list of guys that match their potential. Well, that's a great way to look at it. Unfortunately, there'd be a short list. And I think in terms of the intangibles, the energy, the engagement, the fundamentals, the baseball IQ, I think, will be higher because Pedro Grafol will demand it. I think he is going to be the a bright spot in spring training in this season. The question that we can't answer, we have to use if because it's been so iffy with their health. Don't run hard to first because you might pull a hammy. There's too many injuries that have occurred to key guys for me to trust anything that's coming out of Arizona right now. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, you know, Carlos Rodon, as a texter says, had an unbelievable season and they let him go. Jose Abreu, toughest guy on the team, the guy you could always count on to step up, and they let him go. So, you know, <laughs> I, they are better than they were, though, in my opinion. I, Johnny Cueto was... That Listen, they stumbled into Johnny Cueto. That was an accidental White Sox, as we talked about a year ago, and he was great for them. He really he really gave them a boost when they needed one. But, uh, you know, it, are, are you sitting here regretting no Johnny Cueto? Maybe if the alternative is a guy that, uh, that, that could end up being suspended. Yes, I'm regretting Johnny Cueto yeah, being elsewhere. I, I, I already am. And I don't even know the outcome of the investigation, but based on what we know so far, yeah, I miss Johnny Cueto a lot. Big Cueto guy. You know, I mean, I, I would really like to see um, – I'd like to see Luis Robert continue to, to – like on a different – be available and be good. I'd like to see Aloy just hit home runs as a DH and not feel like I got to worry about him and any other usage of him. Um, I, I'm just curious to see – if any of these guys, Mancata may be the, the great example, can get back on the sort of track we thought they were heading to before they became guys. If they do that and they still stay healthy, then we're having a very different conversation throughout the course of the season. All right. 312-644-6767. It's Mully and Hodge, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 to score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.